appreciating. Thank you. Thank you, Ellie. Appreciate it. Okay, so I, I wanted to finish up today. We've been going through the Rambam gives us seven hanhagas that a husband needs to have towards his wife in order to um, in order to do what the Torah wants. The, the way he starts, Tzivu Chachamim. The Chachamim commanded us how to conduct ourselves in our uh, in our homes with our wives. We've done the first five, and now we're up to the last two. And I would like to just make a diuk in the Rambam as we do the last two. We'll do, the, we'll do those two tonight, and then we'll figure out where we'll go from here afterwards. The Rambam writes, and we'll see if you could figure out what the, the difference is. Okay. The first five were, a person needs to be mechabed his wife more than himself. He needs to love his wife like himself. If he has money, or in accordance with how much money he has, he has to splurge on her. He has, to, he has to give her the things she wants, the things that are good for her. He shouldn't impose fear upon his wife, and he should speak to her in a nice way. Those are the five things that we've seen so far. The two we're going to do today is, he shouldn't be sad. And he shouldn't be um, angry. What is the difference between the way the Rambam says the last two? What? It's a din and him. The first five, the Rambam is talking about how to treat her. It's how to treat her. Love her. Respect her. Talk to her in a certain way. Don't impose your, your anger on her. Give her good things. And then he ends off with these last two. He shouldn't be sad. And not... Not angry. He doesn't say just don't be sad with her. But don't, like, disappointed in her. We'll say, well, that if you really respected her, or you have to treat her in a way that's showing her covet, so that includes you're not expressing your disappointment every time she doesn't live up to expectation. But it sounds like this is, like, deeper than that. And it's a very strange thing. First of all, like, so let's, you know, the first of these two, which is number six, what is the definition of atzev? Why is it so bad? And I am supposed to control it. I am who I am. I can't be who I am in my house. So where should I do it? In the middle of the base medrash? In the middle of the street? On the streetcar? I mean, where do I do it? So, okay, now it's getting serious. <laughs> we just mentioned like this. So the last two of the seven are not to be upset not to be sad, we should say. So the way I would define atzev, maybe like, what are some of the character traits? If you meet a guy who's atzev, sometimes he's bitter, sometimes he's, uh, he's sad, sad, he's bitter, he has an inferiority complex. Those are people who are atzev. Just like, you know, the, so those things don't belong in a home. Now, just to put it in perspective, let's talk about just what we're not saying. In the back of the Avodah Zara Gemara, we have some of these small Masechahs. One of them is called Masechahs Derech Eretz. And it's such a good Masech that has two parts to it. It's Derech Eretz Rabbah and Derech Eretz Zuta. So at the beginning of Derech Eretz Zuta, it talks about the Hanhaga of a uh, Talmud Chacham. And that's us. No matter... The, 
you know, even if we're not the Rosh Hashiva caliber, but B'nai Torah have to conduct themselves like a Talmud Chachamim. So he says like this, the derech of a Talmud Chacham is to be, first thing, darkon shal Talmidei Chachamim to be an anav and shval ruach. Talmidei Chachamim are humble, and they're shval ruach. What does shval ruach mean? They have like a lowly spirit. They don't think much of themselves. And then it says over here that specifically shafal la'anche besa to the people of his household. A Talmud Chacham, when it comes to his wife, so now we're talking about the wife, to the people of his household, he, his attitude is out of a shafal. He's low. And that doesn't mean inferior. Low means that he's walking around, he's humble. He won't push himself over other people. He'll listen to other people. They want things a certain way. He's fine with that. That's what that means. Shafal. The shafal le'anche beisa means he's lowly to the people, not that he's walking around feeling inferior. Everybody hear the difference? The difference between being humble and inferior. Humble means other people are entitled to their opinion. Other people are able to get it their way. Not the biggest deal. Let everybody have what they want. Inferior, somebody who feels, he feels like he doesn't belong. He feels like he's not typhus makam. He feels like he can't get it his way. Not that he's mavater to somebody else, but he feels like he just can't have. I'm not deserving of anything. And, and that's um, not a good thing. Atzvus, sadness, bitterness, or inferiority where a person's just like down on himself has no place in the heart. And what we want to explain is why. I have to tell you just, I read a great Misa on this uh, quote over here, the Derech Zuta. Somebody one time came to Rukhaim Kanievsky, Shlita, and he said that there's, you know, the, it says in Chazal, Ishak Sheira. You know what a real good woman is? A good wife? Oysa Ratzon Baila. She's the one who does the Ratzon of her husband. She, she wants to make him happy. So this certain Talmud Chacham was having issues at home. And he said, what do I want from her? All that I want is she should be an Ishak Sheir. She should want to make me happy. That's all. I'm not asking for anything else. And things weren't working out. That's all he was looking for. So they went to Rav Chaim Kanievsky and they said, there's a certain Talmud Chacham where this is going on in the house. And Rav Chaim gave a clap on the table and stood up. He said, he's not a Talmud Chacham. So everything Rav Chaim says, you have to look it up. You know, so where does it say that? So he meant this thing in Derech Eretzuta, because it's the Derech of a Talmud Chacham, is to be Shafal La'anche Beisa, that he's Shafal Ibnei Beisa, he has this humbleness to the people. She should want to do for him. But he, from his end, needs to be a Shafal. If she wants something different, it's fine. Whatever she... Is that with me? But now what is so bad about this, um, about Atzvah, about it? What if a guy is suffering from an, from an inferiority complex? What should he do? So he should leave it at home. He can't even communicate to his wife. And what is the big deal? Okay, like what? So, I wanted to start off with a medrash. The, Rav Ganachovsky, the one that we're basing a lot of this on, so he says that this medrash is actually the basis for this Rama. So the medrash says like this. Where is this medrash? I don't know. This farm bring the medrash. The Medrash says like this, there was a certain fellow who was in the base Medrash. And in the base Medrash, he comes with a Chiddush, he says a Vart, and they slugged him up. They like really, really like showed him, he had no idea what he was talking about. 
And they showed that based on that, they figured they came with a whole other pshat. He comes home and he's a little down. So his wife's a good wife. She says, the Zalman, you know, how can you so, uh, so down? He says, I was in the base medrash. I said, a pshat, they all proved me wrong. And so well, you don't know how to learn. And she stopped respecting him. And instead of being that supportive wife, she like, looked down at him. Like, she's married to the guy who everybody loved up. So from here, you see that a person shouldn't be odd safe in the house. Why? Because you need to command a certain respect. So Rav Ganachovsky says, you could say over the same story if you want her to be there like for you, but there's another nusach. You could say it differently. Instead of saying, everybody beat down on me, you know, I'm sulk, sulk, you know. Who wants to look up to her husband? She wants to feel like she's married to somebody special. You don't have to fake it. So, but you want to tell her what happened? She asks you, you know what happened in Yeshiva? I'm not talking. Why not? I'm not, I'm sworn to secrecy. That's all you need to say. So it's not going to work, right? You want to tell over the story? He says, so just tell her like this. Say, you know, I was the catalyst for the MS of, you know, for, for getting to the MS of Torah today. I started off the discussion. It all came through my first thing of presenting something, and from there, so she has to know every detail. You're going to tell exactly what the kasha was and the tarots and how they should You're not doing that anyway. So what do you have to go through and put yourself down? This is a very important yesayi. So what do I do? But I need somebody. Okay, so you'll find somebody. Have a rebbe, have a shrink, have a, have a you know, another chaver you could call from the car phone on the way home. But for the stability of the home, and I know that this might not be so conventional, but for the stability, and it doesn't mean fake it, it doesn't mean lie, but not every detail needs to be shared if the nature of that detail is that it's gonna, you're coming into the home with atzvahs, bringing sadness into the home, because part of the dynamic is that she's proud to be your wife. You know, sometimes things are going to happen where you know, she, she, she's going to be there for you. And she needs to be there for you. But she needs to feel a certain sense of security and, in her husband. And if she feels that she can't, because she looks at him like a loser, or somebody who couldn't do it, who's not making it, not cutting it in the eyes of everybody else, is somebody who's just, who can't and who's not. And that's not a recipe for a... Uh... Yeah, go for it. Just my perception, a home should be a place where you should be comfortable to share things and there's a sense of openness. Where did you see that? My perception. Huh? I'm not saying you shouldn't be open. You should be very open about the things you could be open about. should be very open about things. I'm not saying you should lie. If she's very smart and she gets to it. Um, I was just involved recently in a Misa with a, a, a couple where he was shutting down on her. Shutting down meaning like the silent treatment, just, you know, that's it, shuts down. And she, she wasn't dealing with it well. So obviously, I've got to deal with it, right? Why? I don't know, because they can't do it. So, all right, so they came. So, you know, she, she, he's, shutting, he's shutting down. He says, well, what is this, a two-way sun? It should be a two-way street, he says. You know, she should ask me why I'm shutting down. I say, but she's feeling like a victim. Why is it all about her? Maybe I'm the victim. Well, you started first. You, you shut down. But it doesn't... Look, there's a certain dynamic that, that is necessary. I'm not saying to fake it. 
know, the way Rabbi Kanachovsky says it, which Ellie, you're really going to get upset with this. He says, if, you're, if you have atzvahs, leave it outside the front door. So what happens if somebody steals it? <laughs> okay, so they stole it. Okay, but in, in, in a serious way, you, you know what that does? I have to have a way of processing it. It's not her fault that I'm down, which I'm going to get to later. But more important, I'm not making her into the victim. I don't want you to become the victim. A wife needs to feel secure. Let's say her husband hurt himself. It's okay. She could nurse him back to health and, you know, make sure that his wounds are fine and, you know. But if it's something in which the husband is, per, is going to come across as being somebody who people disrespect, that is bad for the home dynamic. People don't treat him right. He showed up late to Kailul for a week straight and the Rosh Kailul docked from his pay. Something like that. It's, you know, I feel, you know, how much is he bringing home already? Like $50 a month or whatever. You, you know, so he's getting 48 and 33 cents. You know, it, it, it's, it's not good for the marriage. I'm not saying you should fake it. But I'm saying there's certain things you don't need to bring up. And a person, Bedavka, should work on being positive, bringing a positive energy into the home. And that positive energy needs to come. Whereas, if not, if not, not. You know, but we're talking about, this is what the Rambam is saying, atzev. Atzev, we said, means don't be bitter, don't be sad, don't be in fear, don't come with an inferior. I'm focusing now specifically on the, on the inferior attitude. Uh, to what, what's a guy supposed to do if he, um, I don't know, like, she's going to find out. Right? He was supposed to have bringing in a certain amount of money, and that's it, he got mugged on the way home. I'll tell you a story about a guy who got mugged on the way home. You ready for this? I'm not saying you should Badafka save this story, and you've got to be a little creative. But just say an example to, bring, to, to illustrate it. In the old days, people would leave home for a year, for two years, for three years, and go somewhere and make money, and then they would come home and, and bring it home. So there's a certain Jew who went to be a Malamid somewhere. He hadn't been home. There were no phones those days. He hadn't been home for a year. Finally, he's coming home, and some bandits get a hold of him, and they uh, take his money. He's supposed to come home. Kids didn't have a father for a year. The wife didn't have a husband for a year. Finally, he thinks of an Eitzah. He goes, he takes, he finds a shmata, he wraps it around his face, and he comes home. He's like, Dan, what's going on? He says, I can't believe it. A bunch of bandits came. They, they, they wanted my money. I wouldn't give it to them. They said, I will cut off your nose. I said, okay, whatever you cover, I've got to come home with money. And his face is wrapped up. His wife starts screaming, you let them cut off your nose and just take your money. He says, you know what, that's what I did, Baruch Hashem. Yeah. The nose, he took it off. He's got the nose, they don't have the money. And every, you know, sometimes you have to be a little creative. You know, you don't have the money, what are you going to do? You know, so, but not to come with, you know, if, if at all possible, in that pathetic way that she's going to lose her respect for you, it is important that a wife, Agav, it's important that you earn the respect. It should be for good reason, not to fake your way through life. She should, there should be a reason why she looks up to you. But the first thing is not to be save, not to come and bring a sadness, infuse a sadness into the home, a bitterness into the home. It's going to affect the home. And the whole house becomes a bitter place. You're bitter, then she's bitter. Then, and if you feel low and down, it's, just, it's going to create, and it all comes from you. She needs to feel secure in her husband. She needs to feel like he's a winner. What if he's not? So you've got to be creative. I wouldn't measure being a winner or not 
you know, bedafka with money. Do love dafka with money. But he brings a certain chain into the home. When he's home, he's, he's uh, cheerful. He's, uh, I'm just thinking of a story now. It's actually not about a husband and wife. It's about a... I don't know if I told you this story. I definitely didn't say it in this van. A bunch of years ago, six years ago to be exact, I was in NYU, medical center, and my son, we were taking my son, at that point he was uh, five months old. He was going for major surgery in, the, in his head. And we were, um, so we went for pre-op. Remember the mice? I told you the mice? Oh, were we? All right, so. Yeah, okay. So the, we're coming out of pre-op. We're going down to the elevator. I'm pushing the, the stroller. My wife's walking next to me. And this Jamaican fellow. How can I not tell him that? Walking as, this Jamaican guy walks out of a different office, nice suit and tie, and he's being friendly the way normal people are, and he comes up and he says, he's like trying to make conversation, I'm pushing my kid, and he looks in and he says, yeah, yeah, this is the life, just lying back and uh, being pushed around and whatever it was. And I, he really irritated me. I said, that's the life, lying in your back like an invalid and just being pushed around, that's life, instead of walking around on your own two feet. And my wife says, really, should stop it, stop it. I don't want to stop it. But that's the life. So he says to me, I'll tell you something. He says, if you're making eye contact with a loving parent who's pushing you, then I think it is better to lie back as an invalid and have the security of somebody responsible pushing you than walking on your own two feet and stumbling your way through life. He said something like that. Okay, so I became a little humble uh, after that. We both walked into the elevator together, all three of us, or four of us. And I said to him, tell me, my friend, where are you from? And he tells me we grew up in the Bronx someplace. He says, I never knew my father. My mother raised us. She had to do multiple jobs just in order to keep us going and be able to different babysitters. But when she came home, it was late. It was late at night, like 8.30 at night. I was a little kid. But when she came home, everything was good. She laughed with us. She played with us. She talked to us. She gave us this... She made us feel like people. And every one of us, she put us through school... We're all professionals, you know. So, yeah, I do think that if there's a loving parent who's making eye contact, it's better for them to push you around than to walk around in your own two feet. So, you know, some, there's a certain tone that somebody said, how much money did she bring? They didn't bring them any money. She came home at 8.30 at night with enough money to pay rent. But she came up, she gave them a certain, she brought a certain confidence to the home. The kids knew that they were going to make it. They knew that they were their mother's priority. And whatever she was doing was so that they could have a a roof over there, and a wife needs to feel in her husband that sense of security. Not to come home, giving as much as you could help it, giving over the impression of being a nebuch and somebody that other people disrespect. Other people disrespect, I think I've made the point. If other people disrespect, do they disrespect? But at least in your own home, a person should come in with a certain level of shtalz. So that's number one. The number two, Another problem of atzvahs, when a person comes in with atzvahs, not just that she won't respect you, and then it's bad. Isha k'sheh ro'asur like we said, she's not going to want to do your ratzen if, if, she's, you know, if, if, if she can't respect you. But there's a second aspect. And I, I, I want to preface this with something that happened with my mother-in-law a week ago. That's not a mother-in-law joke. It's actually showing a lot of respect to my mother-in-law. And it's, it, it's, it, it's a pretty, a pretty significant thing. But I, I, feel I have to be mocked in this because sometimes people, 
you know, this could come across being a little bit wrong. And Amaisa told you about that couple is a little bit of a case in point. Um, I had a nephew that got married a little over a week ago. Sunday night in Brooklyn. My mother-in-law went to the wedding and lost her diamond ring. So she's married for, I don't know, probably pushing 60 years at this point. Um, and she, she lost her ring, diamond ring. Not a good feeling. They looked for it, they couldn't find it. Lost it at the wedding. My father-in-law got up at a Shabbat, at a Shabbat Brachas that we happened to have hosted, and he started talking about it. And like everybody's like, oh my God. Just don't do that, you know. And he quoted my mother-in-law. He said, you know what she said? He said it in rhyme. You know, the caller's name is Esti. He said, well, I lost my diamond ring, but why should I get testy? At least I got a new diamond whose name is Esti. And that was it. It was something like, like sweet like that. I don't think she said it in rhyme, but that's the way my father brought it out. But the aside, she said. In other words, the, the aside was, yeah, I, I lost my diamond ring, but at least, I, at least I gained another one. Sometimes, there's an attitude, and I'll quote the Manayach. Everybody remember Manayach? Manayach was married to, I'm sorry, not Manayach, Elkanah. Elkanah is married to two wives, to Chana and to Panina. Chana couldn't have children. Okay? Panina had ten children. Elkanah turns to Chana and he says, Am I not better for you than ten sons? I'll give you anything you want, whatever you need. Anything. I, I, I could be everything. I could be everything to you. Right? Even though you don't have um, biological children, but I, I could be all that for you. Sometimes, just to bring out the, to bring out the nakuda. Sometimes there's something going on, and a person is upset. A husband's upset, and his wife feels, even though the upset is not directed to the wife at all, but the husband, but the wife feels, if I were really worth that much, what are you walking around sounding like you have nothing at all? There's nothing. You have me. You might have lost your diamond ring, but you still got Esty. What are you getting so testy? Right? Um, that's what he said. He's a little bit corny. My phone's a little, a little corny. Um, you don't have your ten children, but at least you have uh, you have me. Sometimes this this this. It's not just that she looks down at you. She feels like you don't appreciate her enough. She, you're the victim. You lost your job that day. Or the boss really screamed at you, or nothing went your way. Uh, and and you, people were stepping all over you, and you coming home with your inferiority complex, or your sadness, or your bitterness, or your whatever. But when you come home, and that's what consumes your life, and she's been waiting for you all day, if she's uh, making soup at home, mom, you know, it takes about an hour to make a soup. I once watched it. It is crazy how long it takes to make a soup. Have <laughs> you ever seen it? My Shalah Asani Isha, the next morning, took on new meaning. <laughs> you, you know what it takes to make a soup? You cut it, and it is, and you dice it, and you put in the, the, this, and you keep, you keep on stirring every few minutes, and put in some more, and then and you put, and it's th- a certain thickness, and then you blend it, and then you unblend it, and you put in some more, and you get it. It's like, it takes time, and she's waiting for us. She's doing this so that when you come home, for the full 25 seconds it takes you to down the bowl of soup, you have something, something that's uh, nurturing and nourishing. And She's doing it. 
And you come home and all that you are is bitter. You can't even, can't even think about it. Forget about the soup. Man dechar shmei on the soup. Right? Like, who's even talking about that? I, I, I'm also a person. Now, what do you mean? But I'm a victim. I need you right now. I need your help. I need your support. I need your chizuk. Yeah, I, I know you lost your... It's a funny thing. But I can tell you as a married man, it, it, these things happen all the time. You don't mean it. You, you know, you, you cherish them. You love them. You, you'll give everything. You, but right now, I'm in... But they won't always appreciate it that way. There's like a certain... And I, I think like all the ladies are programmed in a certain way to... They need to feel appreciated and cherished, even if you're going through something. And that if they happen to have done something for you that day, whether it was waiting for you, or it, they need to feel like, for you to, them to feel like you've lost everything because of what happened. And why is it that way? You know, like the stipler used to say, kacha. That's where we are, kacha. That's the way it is. <laughs> this is the way it is. So the, the second idea behind the lack of atzvahs in the home, even if you're not upset with her, it's totally not about her. And I, 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 to personally, I get this so, so often. People like, so I was just down and upset and or frustrated or annoyed or whatever. I came home and I... And then, like, why is it all about her now? Like, why can't she just like, drop everything she's doing and be there for me? Well, if you show her that you cherish her, she'll be there for you. If you show her that she will... Ladies have that intuition. They have compassion, most of them. And hopefully the ones that you'll be married to, they have it. It's, 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 it's natural to them. A lot more natural than it is to us. That's what they do. They're empathizers. But it's important not to bring that atzvah into the home. The second reason, besides the fact that it could be something that, if it's an inferior kind of an atzvah, it could backfire. But if it's a bitterness and it's sad and a sadness that overtakes everything, then they feel that they don't count or matter. Is that going to hear me? That makes a little sense. I don't want to turn the Elam off of marriage. It's a good thing. Somebody's got to admit it, you got to do it. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. okay. So, what do I do if I am down? Okay. What do I do? I say, Lucha Rav, Eitan Katz is amazing. Uh, Joey Newcomb is good. Anybody else? School N is, is amazing. Listen to good niggin. Have a good... Uh, you work on your own imuna bitachan that the Rabban loves you more than anything. And even if it hurts, it's definitely not bad. There's a lot of good things we could do. But to try to process that before we walk into the house. Okay. Now, we've been learning about how atzvah is not good for the house. What happens if you come home and she's in the state of atzvah for whatever reason? Her boss treated her bad. Or she f- uh, failed a test. And everybody laughed at her grade because the professor went and said something. And she, she's down. She, she couldn't even make the soup today. Okay, so you call the guy in yeshiva just say, like, there's anything left here. <laughs> Put aside some soup. <laughs> uh, and for the wife. But uh, a bit on the series. So don't say to her, you know, it says in the rhyme, I mean, you're not supposed to have answers in the house. No, you don't do that. If she's sad and she's down, you try to relate to what she's going through. Don't try to solve her problem. Tell her she could do better next time. You know, I notice you didn't really study. Well, don't worry. I'll, 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 I'll teach it to you next time. I'll, I'll hire you a tutor. That's what she needs to hear right now. She needs to hear that must really hurt. Wow. So you tried and it was hard. You're juggling the house. You're juggling me. You're juggling, you're juggling that. 
you know, the fact that you were still able to get a 43 out of a thousand. <laughs> wow. 43 means you definitely like knew some of the stuff right. I would say if you knew nothing, you, you would get a zero. Okay, but please don't use that, Nosek. But the Nosek, try to relate, try to commiserate, try to empathize, and be mechazaka through it. You know, don't try to solve her problem right away. She won't appreciate it. If she's in a state of answers, don't tell her that my mom says not, then she'll taste it. Excuse me, I think it says that about the husband. Okay? But that's, first of all, it's about you. Second of all, commiserate, relate, empathize, be mechazek. Um, if you're going out to Myra or something, get call her from the car. Just, just want you to know I'm thinking of you. You know what I'm You have nothing to say. When you leave Myra, it takes you, it takes you five minutes to get home. I mean, you know what they say about the guy who lost a parent and he was sitting shiva in the house and uh, that shiva killed his shalom bias because his wife discovered that shachris takes more than 10 minutes and Mayrav is not an hour. <laughs> okay, I'm just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> you get it? Okay, but it, either way, if you make that phone call, it's very nice, just, you know, you let somebody know, I, I'm thinking of you. You know, you're on my mind, I can't stop thinking of it. It'll be okay, you know, we'll get through it. No, Duan, you're right, Duan, but I'm still thinking of you. And uh, it won't be okay, but at least we have each other. And, uh, you know, that vacation you always wanted to go on, well, we can't afford it. But one day when we go, we'll, we'll uh, talk about it, you know, we'll, and we'll remember that, that had we been able to afford it now, we would have gone on it. Okay, Rabbi, I want to bring up now quickly yeah, the last one. The last one is not to be angry. Okay, there's two types of anger. One type of anger where a person acts like an angry man. A person screams, a person shouts, a person says things he would never say to somebody he cares or loves about, a person throws things, a person, a person acts like a behemoth. You, you know, the Svarim talk about the Masils Yasharim gives good advice. You know Masils Yasharim's advice? How to, how to stop cars? He says, look at an angry person and see what they look like. You also look like that. Like, next time you're about to like, lose it, just to remember that. Well, one time there was a guy who came to the stipler, and he, was, he, he said, you know, it's killing my shaman bites, but I keep on losing it with my wife. She just says these silly things. She, she does these things. And I get angry. So the stipler told him, the stipler was something like a dar. The stipler said to him, I want you to stare at me for five minutes. To get like, be able to just stare at the stipler for five minutes. Wow. He was in. He sits down facing the stipler. And the stipler starts to make faces. Like he lifts one eyebrow, then the other one. Start, and it's, it's embarrassing. He's looking, look at the stipler. Then the stipler starts to like, and he keeps in motion. You know, starts like, ah! Ah! <laughs> the guy's like, what's going on? After the five minutes, he says, that's what you look like when you're angry. He said, he was so traumatized by looking at the God Lador doing this. That was it. Like, he, he, he just couldn't get angry. Okay, so that's one eight. So the problem is that the stipler, unfortunately, is, is no longer with us. Um, so, uh, yeah. The one thing to remember, I would say two things to remember. How does a person, the anger management is very hard because... The mice and when we get angry, we go from zero to 150, and it's hard to slow down. Uh, but, but it's very easy to crash. 
So one of the things to remember the Gemara in Kiddushin, that a person who becomes a ragzan, Gemara, I think it's on Mem Aleph, ain lo le ragzan ela, ragzanusa, all that an angry person has is his anger. He doesn't gain anything from it. Never works. Mice, it's not beneficial. A person loses so much respect from the people around him. That's it, he, he, he can't control himself, especially if he's destructive. But the second thing is, just, you know, I'm not giving an etzah, but just, you know, why this is, it's not good for a home. It's not good for a home because you can't keep on buying new things. Um, second thing is because you're going to lose any, any respect in it. But the third thing is, and this is just like a, a nice thing to remember. Again, you know, I don't think we have to tell you, anger is bad. People have a great book by Rabbi Pliskin, you know what it's called? Anger. It's a great book. I used to buy it for the Hebron when I'm, you know, years ago when guys had issues with it. It's great. He has a lot of just um, exercises and things to do. You know of somebody who knows of somebody who knows of somebody who's got issues with that. It's it's can I get a hold of the book and to, you know, to go through, especially before uh, you or or he, uh, you know, gets married. But just a nice thing just to remember. There's a a. Um, In Malachim Aleph, Perak Yud Beis, it's one of the saddest prakim in Navi. That's the parak where the son of Shlomo HaMelech, who succeeded Shlomo to be king? Correct. The Rechavam. Right? His son Rechavam becomes king. So when he becomes king, so he doesn't, he wants to learn the ropes. A bunch of the, bunch of the Yidin led by Yeravam come to him and they say, listen, your father put a lot of taxes on us. You know, could you go easy on the taxes? Okay. He says, come back in three days. That was a smart thing to do. You know, give me a chance to think. Let me speak to my advisors. So he speaks to the older people, and then he speaks to the Yaladim, to the younger people. The older people say, listen, you become an evid to the Am, meaning you do what the Am wants, they'll do everything to please you. You become an evid to them, you become a public servant, and they feel that you have their interest at heart, <clears throat> then they'll be eating out of your palm. They'll become your avadim. You act like a tyrant and just start imposing and saying no, 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 no. Then you have a rebellion on your hand. And he goes to the Yaladim and says, what are you talking about? And tell them, you think my father was bad? I'll teach you what taxes are. Rechavim said, I, I like that. They came back three days later, he started telling them what taxes are. He says, my, my father hit you with, with, with whips. That was like a pinky compared to what I got. And What happened? As a result of that speech, so 10 of the Shvatim rebelled under Yeravam, and that's how we had the division of Malchi Yehuda and Malchi Yisrael. 10 of the Shvatim packed out. They couldn't. They fought back. When a person pushes his agenda on the people in his house and the people that are supposed to look up to him and, and are counting on him, when, you, when we bully others and we fight and people don't feel like we're... Either we're really in it just for ourselves and not for them, because if we are. And certainly if that's the impression, the feeling we give over, it won't work. You might, if you have them in, in a, in a chokehold, during that time, they'll do whatever, what are they supposed to do? But you've so lost anything. They won't respect you, they won't do for you. If you come, people think, ah, I'm going to be a shmata, don't worry about being a shmata, be a mensch. If you're a mensch and you do, and people feel like you care about them, and certainly when it comes to your wife, if she feels like you cherish her, and she feels like you respect her, and she feels like if you ask, she asks a thing, even if once in a while she's unreasonable, and sometimes wives are, but you do it because you care, and you show certain humbleness, 
it'll boomerang in such a positive way to your advantage. The person who's a tyrant, the person who screams, the person who gets angry when things don't go his way, all that he'll end up is, with is his anger. He certainly won't get her respect, he won't get her allegiance, he won't get her loyalty, he won't get her faithfulness, because she can't trust him, and she feels insecure with him. However, we finished so for the ten things of the, the seven Hanhagas of the Rambam, and um, let's see what this goes next week. Have a wonderful night. You'll still come back, Ellie, or you'll still come back, or you hold it? We're totally off. Are you still going to?